I paid her five bucks to, to get that clap started, but it didn't quite go where we wanted it to go. We'll work on it next time. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, could you please tell her to be quiet? <laughs> Didn't we just pray about this? What is going on? Oh. <laughs> oh. How is everybody this morning? Doing good? Yeah. Woo. Well, we had a great service uh, the first go around, and I'm expecting another great one this time. Um, yesterday was kind of a tough day for me, to tell you the truth. Um, had a basketball tournament. I coached a fifth and sixth grade boys team. We had a basketball tournament, end of the year basketball tournament, and it was double elimination. Uh, we lost our first two games, so we were done uh, pretty, pretty, pretty quick. Now, now that's not on the kids. That's on me. Okay, that's on me. I'm just telling you how bad of a coach I am. Um, I, 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 I didn't give it my best shot. And then we go to. So I'm thinking, you know, later in the afternoon we're going to a hockey game, and I'm like, okay, we're going to a hockey game. They're going to fight. It's going to redeem the day. You know, there's going to be some blood on the ice. Excuse me. You know, whatever. Uh, No fights. No fights. Not even one. There was a close one. And the referee came up out of nowhere and tackled the guy before they started swinging. I was like, what is this? I came to watch the fights. I came to watch the fights. I just don't get hockey. So if you get hockey... I'm sorry. I'm not judging your sport, okay? Um, uh, I have a couple of announcements today. Um... And they have both to do with Ghana. We have a Bunko night coming up Friday uh, at 6.30. Uh, The cost is $10. It's at Milton Community Center. Any Bunko players in the house? They're quiet. You just raise your hand. Okay, good. Uh, Okay. Well, uh, $10 at the Milton Community Center. You can sign up in the lobby. Uh, All all the proceeds, fundraisers, all that is going towards Ghana. Or you can see Rachel McCaskill. Uh, She'll be out there. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Come out and support the Ghana Mission trip. Also... We have pressure washing uh, by our own Mr. Lane, and uh, he's asking for 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 uh, sixty sixty dollar donation uh, for, for the pressure washing. And like, like I said, all of that is going towards the trip to Ghana. Um, so you're blessing people. It's so cool to see the people of LifeSpring give to send uh, send six people to Ghana and see what happens in the in the young people's lives over there. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, I've raised I've raised some money, and it's like. Um, it just blesses me that people would would uh, trust me enough to, to to run with the word of God. Does that make sense to you? Like they think like that they would give towards that. So thank you from everybody on the team. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's going to be great. God is going to do some amazing things. There's a pledge card that I almost forgot uh, right here. Uh, if you want to if you want to make a pledge, that's there as well. All right, announcements out of the way, and here we go. Here we go. So the last couple of weeks we've been talk, going through the book of James. Um, um, I don't know about you guys, but it's been real, but it's also been challenging to me. It's been challenging. Uh, James, James is an excellent book. Um, um, how many of you guys like to be challenged? Anybody out there like to be challenged? I do. So my, so my seventh grade year... Um, I decided I wanted to do track and field. Now, I wasn't fast, so I wanted to do more field than track, okay? Um, so there was a little thing called pole vaulting. Pole vaulting. I was seventh grade. I was a seventh grade boy. I was like, what do you mean, run up, jump on a pole, and try to launch over the bar? Deal. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, um, but it was a big challenge. It was a big challenge. I remember that first year, I think I cleared the bar maybe twice. Twice. 
Uh, the the, the uh, lowest weight uh, pole that we had was like 115 pounds. So you had to weigh about 115 pounds to get the thing to bend uh, so, so you could sling up and go over the bar. Well, I was about 85 pounds sopping wet. And so it was just basically like you'd see a kid out, you know, running around with a stick jumping over the creek. That's kind of what I was doing. Um, but it was a challenge, and I love challenges. And that's what James is, is doing to us here. How many you know he's challenging us? He's challenging us. I can look through back through uh, the series, and as Pete spoke, and as uh, Mr. Wayne spoke, and as, as Dan spoke, I can look back and I can say, I'm challenged. I am challenged. And I can look back and say, wow, I've come from there to here. I've come from there to here. And that's why I like James, because he just puts it down real. He's just real. Hey, do this, don't do that. Stop it. What are you thinking? Like, he gets into it. He just goes for it. Um, and I can appreciate that because I like real. Just tell me what to do. I'm, I'm one of those people. Just help me out. Tell me what to do. James does that. So today we're picking up in uh, James 4, and we're going to be reading through 1 through 12. So if you will uh, bear with me, it'll take a minute, but we're going to go ahead and start reading through that. Um, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers. Ow, that hurts. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. What do you think Scripture means when they say that the spirit God has placed in us or within us is filled with envy? But God, he, oh, excuse me, but he gives us even more grace to stand against such evil desires. As the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. I love that. Wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears. For what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. And he alone has the power to save or destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? Wow. He just lets loose there. Open the cannon, let loose. That's James for you. Would you bow your head and pray with me? God, I thank you for today. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for your word, Lord, and, and, and how it challenges me every time I read it. That, Lord, when I take the time to open the word, Lord, you speak to me. And so I pray that today, Lord, that your word would challenge us. God, that we could walk out from this place today saying, I am further along in my journey with Christ than when I got there. So we thank you. Holy Spirit, come open our hearts, speak into our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen? Amen. All right, well, so we have a handout this morning. Um, and it should have been in your bulletin. Or, and if you didn't get one, then Ray, Mr. Ray has it. Looks a little something like this. Everybody got that? You can follow along, make it real easy. I got to give credit where credit's due. 
I'm not a handout type guy. Um, but it was all Dan's idea. It was Dan's idea. He's a lot smarter than me, really. Um, so thank you, Dan, for the great idea. So the reason I'm doing this is so you don't fall asleep, okay? You guys, are you guys alive out there? <laughs> Woo, okay, okay. Okay. So if you got that, if you don't have it, raise your hand. They're coming by. They'll get it to you. Uh, and we're just going to walk through this thing verse by verse. It's going to be great. But today what I want to focus in on, and I know that there's a lot in this scripture that we could cover and a lot of different angles that we could take at it. It's like it, it, that's true with Bible in general. Um, but there's a lot of different angles. But the angle I want to look at today is 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 prayer. Prayer. Prayer is such an important part of our lives. My dad, uh, growing up, made an impression on my life because of his prayer life. Because of his prayer life. I mean, the dude loved to pray. And I always thought, that is so weird. How do you go into a room and sit there for two hours and pray? Like, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Uh, but he was a freak when it came to praying. Um, but he set a great example. He didn't hide it from us. And if you're a parent in the room today, I want to challenge you. Hey, make prayer a big deal in your house. Make prayer a big deal in your house. How I many know God does stuff in prayer? Right? It's not empty words. It's not empty words. Otherwise, we'd be crazy. God does things. He changes things in prayer. So when you're with your kids or, or, or whatever it may be, make prayer a big deal. Model that to them. I promise you it will help. So today, I want to talk about five roadblocks to an effective prayer life. Five roadblocks to an effective prayer life. Everybody know what a roadblock is, right? You ain't coming through. Sorry, no further. So I'm going to talk about five of them that can be in our lives. That can be in our lives sometimes without us even knowing it. So number one is this. And I'm going to kind of, going to compare, okay? Number one is this. Selfish prayers versus kingdom prayers. Verse 1 through 3 says, What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. Sometimes, sometimes I can pray selfish prayers. Like, God, give me, give me, give me. Am I the only one in the room that does that? Thank you. Thank you. Okay, there you are. There you are. I'm not. We're all selfish. I mean, we, 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 all, we all have done this before. Selfish prayers. Selfish prayers. So I'm comparing selfish prayers versus kingdom prayers. What is kingdom prayers? Well, kingdom prayers is simply this. It's what God wants to do in your life and around your life. Okay? Does that make sense? So what he made you and created you to do, that is like your kingdom purpose. All right? And so, so when we pray along with that, we agree with God with what he's saying. Does that make sense? Am I making sense to you? So, so when I agree along with what God is saying, that is the kingdom prayer. That is the kingdom prayer. It's bigger than our selfish prayers. It's bigger than our selfish prayers. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. 
I get it backwards so many times. I want my stuff first, and then God, I'll, 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 I'll take care of what you're telling me to do. I'll take care of what you're telling me to do. And he's like, dude, have you not learned yet? Have you not learned? Do my stuff first, and then I'll take care of what you need. It's so true. Selfish prayers versus kingdom prayers. For example of this, the children of Israel in the desert. Check this out. This, uh, this popped out to me. It's in Psalms 106, uh, 13 through 15. This is what it says. This says the children of, uh, uh, the, the children of Israel were wandering and walking around the desert. It says, but it wasn't long before they forgot the whole thing. Wouldn't wait to be told what to do. They only cared, they only cared about pleasing themselves in that desert. Provoked God with the insistent demands. He gave them exactly what they asked for. But along with it, they got an empty heart. Did you know that God can give you exactly what you're asking for and you can still feel empty on the inside? God can give you exactly what you're asking for and you can still feel empty on the inside. It's a selfish prayer. We all do it sometimes. It's selfish. And God says, hey, look. Come to me first. Pray about my things. Come and enjoy my presence first. And then we'll talk about your needs. Then we'll talk about your needs. That scares me, that verse right there. That I could pray to God and get exactly what I'm praying about, but yet still feel empty on the inside. Why? Because I'm not doing what he really wants me to do. Because when we accomplish the things that God wants, to, to, wants us to accomplish, there's a fulfillment that comes along with that. There's a satisfaction that comes along with that. And that's what I'm after. I'm not after a cheap thrill or just a, you know, a good time. I'm after the satisfaction that comes along with doing God's will. Number two is this. Being worldly versus being godly. James 4 Verses 4 and 5, it says, You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. What do you think the scripture means when they say that the Spirit of God has placed within us is filled with envy? You see, worldly just means that we love the world rather than God's stuff, rather than God. We, we, we love the stuff that the world has to offer us more than we love God. This convicts me sometimes because I can find myself in that situation. I can find myself wanting the world over God sometimes. I can. It's easy to go there if you let yourself. Why? Because what the world has to offer looks sexy. It looks cool. It looks, you know, all sorts of stuff. It's shining. I said sexy. <laughs> Woo! Preach, preacher. Uh, but it is. Why? Because it's, sin looks nice until the consequences come. But it is. You see, being worldly versus godly is a roadblock in our prayer life. It is. First John two fifteen through sixteen. Do not love this world nor the things it offers. For when the for when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers you offers only a craving for physical pleasures, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. There are not, these are not from the Father, but from the world. Loving the world does not mean enjoying life, everybody in here. I want to get that point across to us real quick. 
loving the world or or yeah, loving the world does not mean not enjoying life. I think as Christians sometimes it's easy to think that Christianity or the Christian walk is really boring and it's kind of lame and it's, and it's not cool. Um, but I'm here to tell you that Christianity and the walk that Christ has for you is the most exciting thing that could ever take place in your life. It is. It's the most exciting thing. Because like I said earlier, it's going to bring fulfillment to your life. Not a temporary fix. Not a temporary fix. So being worldly versus being godly. I remember in, 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 uh, in college, and especially late in high school and college, um, I loved Jesus. I had one foot in the church, and I had another foot out in the world. Now listen, I loved Jesus, and I loved everything that he was, but I also loved to hang out with friends, and I liked girls, and I liked to party. And so I was, I was straddling the line. I must be the only one in here who's ever done that, right? Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I must be the only one in here. But I was straddling the line. You know how dangerous that is? Oh, so dangerous. But that's what I mean by being worldly. Is that our, our, you know, our enjoyment, our fulfillment is coming from the wrong spot. The world, what the world has to offer. When God says, hey, wake up. I got more than they could ever offer you. I've got it. I've got it. It may not look as cool. It may not look like it's going to be as fun. But I got it. You see, being worldly versus being godly, that can, that can mess up our, that can be a roadblock in our prayer life. You see, verse 5 said, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit will fight for you? God will fight for you. He will fight for you. Oh, you may think you're running away. You may think you're faster than he is. But you're not. We're not. That's what it means in verse 5, that, that the Holy Spirit that's living on the inside of you, if you are here this morning you are a born-again Christian, and you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit will not let you go too far before he jerks your chain. Before he jerks your chain. Why? Because he's jealous. He is jealous. God said, I mean, in Exodus 34, the Bible tells us that God is a jealous God. He's a jealous God. And he doesn't want us tiptoeing the line and over here one day and over here the next day. Now, make a commitment and let's go for it. Don't be double-minded. Set your heart towards something and run after it. Run after the purpose that God has on your life. You see, God will fight for you. He will also fight you for you, if you can hear that this morning. Sometimes we're our worst, own worst enemies. He will fight you for you. So to be effective in prayer, we must allow and agree with that process. Hey, that I can't tiptoe, that I can't love the world. I have to love God, and I have to love what He offers. Number three is this, praying from our own strength versus praying from a humble spirit. Verses 6 and 7 says, But he gives us even more grace to stand against such evil desires, as the scriptures say. God opposes the, proud, opposes the proud, but favors the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When we humble ourselves and ask for God to help us, he honors this. God honors it. Romans eight twenty six. I love this scripture. I love it. It says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. 
For example, when we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I love it. I love it. You see, even the disciples, even the disciples had to ask Jesus how to pray. Remember that in Luke 11? Luke 11, I think it's like the first verse or whatever. Jesus is praying and disciples come upon him and they're like, dude, teach us how to do what you're doing. There's something happening whenever you're praying that ain't happening when we're praying. You see, they had to humble themselves. And we do too. We have to come before God with a humbleness. We have to. Just like it says, God opposes the proud. He's not interested in the proud. He can't work with it. When we're prideful in who we are, when we're prideful in what we've done, man, we've got to be humble. We've got to be humble. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us how to pray. Because He wants to. He wants to. Anybody ever... Anybody ever uh, prayed for somebody or, or prayed for something and all of a sudden the prayer took off like that way? And you're like, where did that come from? Yeah? Yeah, it kind of happened uh, just like 15 minutes ago. 15 minutes ago, we had that happen. Um, it happens though. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit directing it. Directing us, teaching us how to pray. What to pray for. You see, we've got to allow him to do that. I remember I had a kid in uh, uh, Spokane that was in my youth group. And uh, I got a call from his mom, I think it was like on Wednesday night. And uh, she calls me and she says, uh, uh, Pastor Adam, uh, Kevin's not doing too well. I said, okay, uh, what's going on? Uh, you know, and he's being disrespectful. I don't think he's listening to us. Uh, you know, this and that and this and that. And just kept going down the line. Um, and I said, well, okay. And as a youth pastor, especially, especially there, you got a bunch of those calls. Um, it was a much larger place, and so there was just more people, and it was just more. Uh, and so you got a lot of those cards, calls. And um, so anyways, the next day I really felt strong about it, so I called her and I said, you know, tell Kevin I'm going to go pick him up from school and I'm going to take him back. And we're going to go hang out at the church for a little bit in the youth room. We had video games and stuff there we could play. So we did. I went and picked him up, uh, took him back uh, to the church with me, and we were playing video games. Um, and then towards the end of it, I said, Kevin, tell me what's going on, man. Uh, and he began to tell me, you know, my parents, the normal teenager thing. My parents, they don't understand me. I got a curfew. You know, whatever time it was, I don't remember. I think it was like nine. It was kind of strict. <laughs> uh, uh, um, so I was like, oh, I feel you on that one, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, but he, he, he was going on and on. And so I said, you know what, Kevin, let's just let's just pray. Let's just pray. So as I began to pray, you know, I started off with running through the list that Kevin had given me and his mom had given me. Uh, but then before I knew it, I literally was uh, rebuking the spirit of suicide and depression off of his life. And I thought, Jesus, this better be you or this is going to be weird. Um, um, and then all of a sudden when I said that, he broke. He broke. Tears began to come down. And, he, and, he, and he, I remember asking me after, he said, how did you know that? I said, I had no clue. I didn't know. I said, I just did what I felt the Holy Spirit telling me to do. And that applies for all of life, not just in prayer, but in all of life. And that's bold and that's tough because you know what? You may look like the weird one at times. You may look strange. 
God isn't interested in what you look like. He's interested in what he wants to do. He's interested in what he wants to do. So be bold. Hey, allow the Holy Spirit. Come, come, come to God in, 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 with a humbled spirit. Come to him. He's not impressed. He's not impressed. So come to God with a humble spirit and allow him to allow the Holy Spirit to to guide our prayers. Instead of coming to him with pride. Number four is this. Answers to prayers versus closeness of his presence. I know you can say both of those. You can say, well, Adam, what's wrong with the answers to prayer? Nothing. That's great. Answers to prayers is great. That's a success, right? Let's read in verse 8. It says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. You see, like I said, both of those are great. They're wonderful. I love the part where it says when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. That when I, when I draw near to God, he's going to draw near to me. Psalms 34, 18 says the Lord is near to broken people and contrite and crushed hearts. See, that's not an evil thing. A lot of times we look and we say, oh, broken, that's not good. You know, and we kind of equal those two things out. But being broken is actually a good place. Being broken in our lives, that's where God can use us. That's where he wants to use us, in our brokenness. In a place where we feel like we can never be used, that's where God uses us. And we've got to allow him to do that. So being broken before God and being open and honest, that's a good thing. That is good. It's not evil. It's a place where the Spirit of the Lord has brought us to absolute surrender. See, because when you're broken, you're in a place where his presence is close and he hears us. But my prayer is this, is that more than answers to our prayers, we should want the closeness of his presence. I want to stay there for a second. And more than answers to our prayers, I just want to be with you, Jesus. I want to be in your presence. I want to feel your presence. Over anything that I'm asking, just come with your presence. Come with your presence. Even if you don't do anything that I ask for, I just want to know you're here. The presence of Jesus. See, Psalm 1611 says, in his presence there is fullness of joy. How many of you need some joy in your life? Me? Hey, if you don't need it, I'll take yours, Okay. If you don't need it, I'll take yours. I need some joy. The world can be a rough place. It can be a tough place. But how many you know in the presence of Jesus, all that changes? It all changes. Why? Because there is joy there. Miracles happen in the presence of Jesus. Things happen there that don't happen in any other place. Things happen in the presence of Jesus that don't happen anywhere else. 
So in his presence, there is fullness of joy. You see, this isn't just a Sunday morning thing. I don't, I don't want you to get the wrong impression here uh, because Sunday morning is a part of it. OK, when we come into Sunday morning uh, and we and we begin to worship, when we get we get we begin to sing the presence of God falls into place. Right. At least it does for me. I feel his presence fall into the place. Um, and that's great. And that's good. Uh, but that's just Sunday morning. I need more than that. I need his presence daily. So I'll go home. And I, am I always faithful to do this? Please don't get the wrong impression. No. <laughs> I'm not perfect, and I know you know that, okay? But I need his presence daily. I do. So if I'm just coming to church on Sunday morning and getting, you know, uh, an hour and a half of his presence for my week, I promise you it's not good enough. It's just not. It's just not. You see, we need to go home. We need to shut our doors. We need to throw on our favorite, you know, praise and worship CD and just let ourselves go. And invite his presence in. Why? Because in his presence, life changes. We begin to develop the heart that God has for us. And we begin to love the things that he loves and hate the things that he hates. That only happens out of being with Jesus and being in his presence. So more than our answers to prayer, that's a part of it. But more than that, we should want the closeness of his presence. We have everything that we need in his presence. His presence is enough. The last one is this. It's judgment of others. Versus godly obedience. Judgment of others versus godly obedience. It says, don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone, who gave the law, is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? <clears throat> so judgment of others versus godly obedience. You see, Pastor Dan got up here uh, last week and uh, straight killed it, uh, talking about the power of the tongue. He got up here and went to work. And I don't know about you, but I sat there and I thought, oh, I got work to do in my life. I got work to do in my life. Because I know what I'm capable of. Because I hear what nobody else hears <laughs> come out of my mouth. Or in my head, you know. But words, they have such a power. You see, God doesn't call us to judge people. He doesn't call us to put judgments on people. He calls us to be obedient to his word. And what did his word say? His word said, don't judge. That's my job. That's my job. It's so easy, though. I'm really good at it. I'm sure if you sat by me, we'd laugh about it, you know? It'd, it'd be a fun time. But I mean, you know, that can hinder our prayers. Because with the same mouth that you're doing that, you're coming before a holy God? That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. So we have to be careful with judgments of others. That's not who we are, church. That's not who we want to be. 
See, James 3.10, and we use our mouth to speak curses over people. Then we try to use, use it to ask God for blessings. That, that's a conflict. That ain't making sense. See, we can't walk around cursing and judging our brothers and sisters in Christ and expect God's blessing on that. See, what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose God's blessing or are you going to choose just how we've always done it? It's, it's amazing how those two go together. You know that trouble among people is usually a result of inner conflict within us? Trouble among people is usually a result of inner conflict in us. In other words, if I'm not at peace with myself, I'm going to find something wrong with you. If I don't have the peace of God living on the inside of me, His peace, His understanding, it's going to be really easy for me to find something wrong with you. See, we, gotta allow, we, we, we just got to allow God to do a work. Allow this scripture to talk to us. And I know out of these five, maybe not all five hit home with you. Maybe there was that one or that two. But here's what I want to do with the time. With that handout that you have, I want to take the time, if you'd pull that out, on the back. On the back of it, it has a little prayer. It says, take a few minutes to prayerfully consider which of the points you are currently struggling with and write a prayer below asking for God's help and guidance in establishing an effective prayer life. So that's what we want to do right now in this moment. I want you to take a couple of those points and I want you to pray. I mean, you know, because thinking in your head's one thing, but writing it out or talking, hey, that's a little humbling sometimes. But it also has power behind it that just thinking never could. So I want you to literally, physically take the time, write it out and pray. Write out your prayer, whichever ones. If you need one, raise your hand. We're good. It looks like Joe's going to lead us or, or sing a song. And I'll be right back. Draw near to me, for I have drawn near to you. Pull on the strings of my heart, for I long to respond to you. Yo 
So come on, come on. I have made a place for you here. So come on, come on. All things are possible here. So come on. thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your word that does speak to us, that it is alive. And every time we open it, and every time we read it, God, that you are faithful to speak back to us. So God, I pray that today that, uh, Lord, that we could find those, those roadblocks that might be in our prayer life, God. We could find those places, Lord Jesus. And Father, that you would help us overcome them. We can't do it on our own, God. Not interested. So Holy Spirit, come. And fill us again. Fill us anew. Fill our lives, God. That we may be light of this world. That we can shine your light to this world. God, that when people see us, that they would know there's something different about them. Something different about them. They, they act different. They talk differently. They're not like everybody else. God, I'll sign up to be weird like that. So we thank you for this time, Jesus. We ask that you would continue to work on our hearts. We thank you for your grace, God. We thank you for your love. I just want to ask this question. You know, if there's anybody in the room today that says, uh, you know what, Adam? Uh, I, don't, I don't really understand what you were talking about today. Uh, but I, but I feel something. I feel something, and I've never made the commitment to, to for Jesus Christ to come and be the Lord of my life. I've never done that. If that's you in this room today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, um, I just want you to raise your hand. If that's you, anybody in this room today? If not, we're good. We're okay. We can all celebrate together. Awesome. So, God, we thank you. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.